Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Players NIL Podcast. My guest today is Mr. Mario Scott. Mario, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be here, Mark. Well, I'm excited to hear your story. Um, the Players NIL is about education and specifically using education and athletics to better the lives of the people around us. You have a great story about what you do, and we'll get to that. But I want to talk about you a little bit. Sure. And I talk about two words, sports and athletics. Athletics is, you know, when you became a competitor and started to play, we'll ask that question. But tell me about your history of sports. Where were you? You're from Europe, you're mm -hmm. from Germany. What was your first exposure? It probably was uh, European football or what yeah. we call soccer. But Absolutely. you tell me your early memories of being exposed to athletes and athletic competition. Well, you know, it's very interesting. Um, uh, so, yeah, I'm from Berlin, Germany, originally. And uh, so that, that's that's my home city. And uh, but I, I spent most of my childhood uh, either in Berlin or Frankfurt. So more of my adolescence was in Frankfurt. So more of my memories were more around the Frankfurt area. But, you know, my my first contact to sport was was actually uh, because I was one of these kids that uh, was deemed as like hyperactive uh, when I was in elementary school, uh, probably around kindergarten in the first grade. And uh, and I remember that, uh, ironically, that, you know, one of the teachers had suggested that, well, maybe your son needs like Ritalin or something. And uh, and my mom didn't my mom was a nurse and didn't really feel like that. I didn't have any issues and was talking to some of her friends. And and they said, you know what, maybe you guys got to put him in sports. Like maybe he just has this energy that just needs to be released somehow. And he's not a kid that just wants to sit down for eight hours a day. Uh, and literally, my mom, as any <laughs> as stereotypical German would do, was like, "Well, I'm gonna put my son in soccer, right?" And uh, and and that did the trick. And I mean, uh, you know, it was uh, you know, it was something that allowed me to compete, allowed me to have before I even knew what that meant, really. Um, even if it was just, "Hey, take this ball and kick it into that goal," like, and so, uh, but that was my earliest sort of connection to sports. So I, I, I really. I really appreciate, you know, in a, a deeper context, my mom taking the time not to just take the route of let me put my son on medicine because somebody said he might be hyperactive, but really using sports as a vehicle, uh, uh, you know, for me to be able to to, you know, exercise that energy and, and also what would become the foundation for shaping my life as it relates to athletics in general. Yeah. Great stories. Kudos to your mom. And um, so many of us probably uh, took out all of our frustrations and energies on the athletic field. It was better than in the classroom or the playground, probably. <laughs> so so you, you get exposed to athletics. It changes your life in that, it, you know, it, it, it gives you a goal, gives you vision, all those things that we love about athletics. When did you know that you could use athletics to better your life, i.e. go to college, come to America? What was that transition like? When Was, was there a moment? Yeah, yeah, I would tell you. Uh an interesting moment actually. So when I, so I, I started progressing really rapidly in soccer, you know, I, I would, I would, I would like to say uh, I was probably pretty, pretty darn good. Um, and then my mother got married to an American uh, military man who's, who's, who, you know, is, is my dad still my hero to this day. And, uh, and I would go to the gym with him. And that's how I got kind of introduced to basketball, probably a little bit later than most. Right. So, you're talking about maybe 10 or 11 is the first time. And then because they wanted me to learn English, 
and to really kind of you know deepen my understanding of the English language, I ended up going to American middle school uh, in Frankfurt, Germany, uh, where I continued to progress in, and now kind of had an appetite to play football, American style football, and and so I just kind of baseball, and so I just really immersed myself in all things sports. Uh, and then the first time, if I'm being honest, like the first time that I really felt like I could use sports, it wasn't probably the sport that I played the least was baseball. My team, my team missed the Little League World, representing Europe in the Little League World Series by one game. Um, but I remember I, I still had the baseball. I hit a home run, which was my first time ever really hitting a home run. And, and people kept saying, man, I, you, you know, you, you run well. You, what, other, what other things do you do? And, and so it just kind of grew from there. And, and then I, my parents gave me the choice uh, after eighth grade and said, do you want to go back to German school uh, or do you want to go to American school? Uh, and and I, because of basketball, I just really that became sort of my focal sport. And, uh, and then I went to high school and I started varsity as a freshman. And uh, in my first game, I had 36 points. Um, mm. And I would say, I don't say that to say that I was gr- that great. I just, once again, I kept it simple. I had a really good point guard who said, run. <laughs> and that man found me more times than I've, but then I was the freshman of the week and just created this sort of buzz around myself. And that's the first time I really felt like maybe I could be pretty good because everybody kept saying like, geez, the freshman just had 36 points his first game, 27 his second game. It was like a 66 point weekend at this small school that no one knew about. And, uh, and, but that's when I really felt like, maybe I can push this thing a little bit. And, uh, and, and once again, then, you know, before the era of a million trainers and all these nice, nice gyms that we get to work in now, you know, I was one of those kids that was outside with a, a, a virtually rubber basketball on these double rims, just trying to play no matter if it was raining or it was cold. And, uh, and that really set me on my path. Great, great story. So now you, you realize that you got a little juice. Mm-hmm. How did you get to America? Where did you go to school? And tell us about your collegiate experience. Yeah, you know, very interesting. So, I uh, uh, so I, I I did a couple of basketball camps, and uh, I remember Coach Ron Slaymaker from at that point. I mean, he's retired now, but from Emporia State uh, in Kansas, a Division two school, came over uh, and did a basketball camp, and uh, really liked me. And and uh, that sort of once again kind of just even planted that seed more. Like I wanna, I wanna, you know, I wanna see how far I could go. So uh, between my junior and senior year, <laughs> so weird to say like VHS now, right? Uh, because I was in Germany, and then I started running into this this perceived roadblock of you're good, but you're in Germany, you know, like and, you know, you're six two, you're not six ten, right? And um, and so what I did, I had one of my classmates. Uh, record record my games and uh, and put a highlight tape together and I, I remember I I mailed out twelve uh, VHSs like so mind you I would bag groceries to come to spend my own money uh, to mail them out and I mailed it out to like the likes of North Carolina and Georgetown and uh, and mind you do because I'm thinking like you're going to the, you're going to the top yeah I was like hey these are the schools I like let's but, but mind you, so what I did, though, I sent it to six big schools and six small schools, like Alabama State, like some HBCUs, because I had teachers that were HBCU grads. And I was thinking, like, the small schools would be the ones that would go, 
hey, let's talk. And the big schools be like, ah, whatever. But actually, interestingly enough, the inverse happened. I never heard a thing from small schools. Uh, North Carolina uh, had reached out and, and, and talked and, and sent me information about potentially doing a post-grad year. And uh, as I mentioned, you know, Georgetown, the coach was calling my parents. Like, so it was this weird sort of dichotomy because, you know, not, my parents didn't go to college and things like that. So we didn't even know what all of this meant. Uh, and then there was a recruit, some recruiter that would always send my parents and me updates on like, your son's doing really well. I've been talking to college coaches and, and I never met this person ever. Um, and so I thought once the coach, uh, coach Eshrick from Georgetown was calling that I would end up at Georgetown. And, uh, uh, and then, uh, when that fell through, I had a number of teachers that went, that were South Carolina State grads and said, how would you like to go to South Carolina State? Uh, it's an HBCU. And I didn't really understand all of, you know, the, the, the culture around HBCUs at the time, but I trusted my teachers and, and I went, I, I went to South Carolina State and, um, you know, my collegiate experience wasn't that great, honestly. Uh, the coach that I was connected with left, you know, a lot of kids have that story and, uh, the head coach at the time, I, you know, I, I, it's funny because when you think what you said at the beginning about how athletics and sports influences your life. And um, but I learned so much in that experience of trying to prove myself and trying to get an opportunity to really play and not just be a part of it, but really get an opportunity. Um, and, uh, you know, and I never quite got the opportunity that I felt I should have gotten. And uh, but I learned in hindsight, I learned so much along the way that when I ran into my, my, my coach uh, five years after I graduated, um, I, I feel like he knew, he kind of <laughs> gave me a raw deal. But I said to him, I appreciate it. I said, because what you gave me in terms of my, I, I call them my four Ds, my their desire and dedication and discipline and determination, like what you gave me in terms of me exercising that for something that I really love, helped me so much in my professional life after. So, so I, w I would say that, you know, I was one of those kids that struggled to go from being a star in high school to not so much in college and being the first person in my family to go, I didn't, I, maybe I should have went to a smaller school or D2 school. In hindsight, I could probably unpack that in a number of ways, but I would say I was, I was where I needed to be because it really, it really helped shape the man that I became. Well, again, it's it's our mission to use sports to better our lives, and you did that. And uh, now you're living the second part of our mission, that's using sports to better the lives of the people around us. So yeah. tell us what you're working on with basketball, mentoring, coaching, and some of the kids that you're helping to find their path. Yeah, yeah. So uh, interestingly enough, I you know I wasn't one of those players I thought I'd ever be a coach, and uh, and and then uh, just through happenstance of being in the gym and. And seeing some kids with some terrible form and just kind of trying to help them, I realized like, hey, you know what? This is pretty cool. And and, the, and they would come back and want to learn more. And uh, and so the long and short of that is I currently uh, am one of the coaches with Mid-Atlantic Select uh, AAU Basketball Club, which is um, out of Southern Maryland. But we generally draw kids from Maryland, D.C., Northern Virginia, sometimes even Delaware. Uh, and, you know, I've been with this organization about 10 years. And, and, and I would say what, you know, what makes us unique uh, is that we've really branded our organization as a development 
uh, in, in terms of development, in an era where no one wants to develop anymore. And, and actually, you see this even in corporate America. It's this idea of wanting to finish product, right, as opposed to taking time to develop. And we've really branded ourselves in that way and uh, have been very successful in, in, in helping helping young men, particularly um, in high school. So we generally do, you know, your ninth, 10th and 11th grade. So 15 through 17 you. We've done a little bit younger before, but we've, you know, we've, we've done a great job in finding these diamonds, I would say, that just needed more time or just needed, uh, you know, you know, more energy put into their, into their development. Uh, and that's turned into, like I made we talked before about almost 90 kids, uh, you know, that are, that are scholarship, that became scholarship players. A couple of kids that have uh, become professionals um, in Europe, we have a couple of folks in the NBA, you know, uh, I mean, more recently, uh, you know, Josh Hart was in our organization when he was really young, Luca Garza, who was uh, more recently in our, or he was in our organization as well. Um, so these, these kind of players, and, and of course they end up becoming who they became. Uh, but, but we've, we've had a number of players that, that uh, are, you know, either professionals, obviously, and then, and even more so have become really productive members of society. We have coaches and lawyers and pharmacists and you name it, uh, that, that we've been able to help, you know, really make an imprint on their lives through, through, through AU basketball. We, you know, we really invest in our, in, in our young people. And I always say, I might coach you from one to four years, but I'm investing in you for a lifetime. And so we go to, we follow them when they leave our organization. We're still connected with them, uh, as they sort of matriculate through, I was just talking to a young man that was in an organization who was in the G League in Detroit the other day, just checking on, hey man, how, how, how are things going? Sometimes maybe a word from someone that knew you back when, uh, hopefully is inspirational and may help you a little bit. And so we're really passionate about what we do to, to really aid better, the betterment of some people. Well, it sounds like you're really interested in the full rounded uh, version of the person and not just athletics, but academics and social. And you sure. mentioned the four. You mentioned the four Ds. How do you implement the four Ds into your program? Yeah. So listen, I, I think very very early on, particularly at the fifteen U level, you know, if we get you that early, right? It's this idea of desire, right? Is what is it that you really want? You know, it's interesting. We just did a uh, we just did a Division Three showcase uh, last week at Boys Latin in Baltimore, where we had about sixty five kids and. Once again, to, to your point, right, this holistic, we did financial literacy for these kids. We did a college coaches panel for these kids. Um, and so we talked a lot about, like, does setting this, your, does, is, 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 you know, desire is what is it that you really say you want, right? So I want to play college basketball. Maybe I want to play Division One. Maybe I'm okay with Division Two and Three, which obviously in today's time, you know, you'd be lucky to play any of those. Um and so it's really sort of setting your head on that path. And then we challenge our players a lot of times to think more broadly than basketball. Think of your life. Like, what is it that you really want out of life? And then how can you leverage basketball as a tool to get there? Maybe it's just getting a free education, which we know with how much schools cost nowadays, that in and of itself gives you a head start in terms of adulthood. So desire is setting that up, right? And the second part of that then is the dedication. So now, that's where we come in as, as coaches with experience. All of our coaches, um, uh, including our director, are professionals outside of basketball, which I think makes our organization unique because we're not trying to get college jobs and 
I'm sure we could do it, but that's not our passion. Like our, our passion is developing these young people. And so we help you set the plan, right? So now that you have a goal, our job is to use our experience to help set you on that plan. And that plan is what we're going to do with AAU, who you may be training with. In some cases, where you're going to high school, some kids have we've helped navigate from maybe situations that were, was not really going to feed what their desire is um, and, and go to other schools, right? Then the third part, I always say, is really on the kid. And that's the discipline, right? Are you willing to do it when it's not convenient? Everybody wants to go to the gym and wants to play when it's convenient. But when you have to put some skin in the game, you have to make some sacrifices. A lot of times, that's where the rubber meets the road. And that's where some kids just realize, you know what? Maybe basketball isn't the tool for me to get to what I said my desire was. And then the last part, which is the most important part, and that's this is something where I would say I put on the parents, right? Is uh, the, the 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 determination piece, right? So, are you willing to stick to the plan if you don't see immediate results, right? And sometimes it's that expectation of how fast things will move and develop and happen. Um, that's sometimes why I think parents and you know who may not necessarily you know understand the process, uh, you know, can become problematic in a way, um, and that affects the kid ultimately, right? Because we're hearing so many things coming from both directions. Um, and so we try to mitigate that by always clear communication with parents about, you know, where we feed their young people. Um, we make recommendations. Maybe in, in today's era with the transfer portal, most of our kids will go to prep school, you know, if they, particularly if they want to play Division One basketball, right? Because like I said, we're developers, right? And so, um, so, you know, most so we kind of build that in, and so well, what do we need to do from a, uh, a practical standpoint to set that up? So, really, that's kind of how we look at the four Ds, right? I would say the first, the, the desire piece is really around you know helping push these kids into thinking more broadly than basketball. Uh, you know, the dedication piece obviously is the plan, and we come in with that. The discipline, then, is of course going back to the, the young man, and then the dedication piece is what the work that we do with the families. Well, you, you present it very well, and um, I hope people listen to you, but I know that we live in the microwave world where we want everything to happen fast, right? And not only that, but we want to be on TV our freshman year starting first game at a Division One school, right? I mean, the expectations sometimes from parents and community members and, and the pressure from you know their peers is to get to the top. And, yeah. and, and look, that's a great goal. But it's unrealistic, right? Not everybody gets there, you know. Sure. As much as you wanted to go to Georgetown, you know, Patrick Ewing probably took your scholarship or something like that, you know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and that's fine. But and you make a great point there too. Like, and you know, a way that we've really assessed the success we have with our young people, right? And this is where you know where I would put put our organization a much more high profile organization, like team takeover on the EYBL circuit or even a team thrill. Something that I think that we really stick out in. When you look at our players, once they get to college and the level of all-conference type level players that we have, whether that's all-conference and there's just their skill set or academically, uh, that's where I feel like, you know, there, there's a competitive edge that we have in terms of product of all of this development. If you follow the process, if you, because you know, once again, I'm not trying to leverage the jobs, right? So our only vested stake is the betterment of the individual. 
you know. And so when you see what they do, once I always say when, once they leave, right? That's that's when you really you know feel good about the the imprint you had as part of the village. So for those uh, that are going to listen and, and and pay attention to this, where can they find you, Mario? What's the name of your yeah. program? What's your website? Give me some contact information. For sure, for sure. Uh, well, it, you know, just for more information on our our, our our AAU with our AAU program, MidAtlanticSelect.org um, is our website, and you can see actually a list of our alumni uh, in terms of the the vast array of kids we've been able to to support. Uh, me personally on Twitter, uh, if you at me at Coach Mario thirteen, uh, and then I'm, I just also started a an LLC that I'm building called Focus Energy. So at my Focus Energy. Um, uh, is is something somewhere else you can find me. And what I'm what I'm trying to do with that is sort of reshape this idea of because I train kids and these kind of things, but more of a more of a basketball and let's say life consultant in that way. Um, so you know, trying to take that sort of my marrying passions of business and investing and basketball and, and tying those things together is something that I'm building building there there as well. And and if you want to connect with me on Instagram. Uh, at the German boy, so D A G E R M A N B O Y. That's sort of always what people called me because it was easy to remember that I was from Germany. Um, so I've sort of always kept that 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 uh, that nickname, if you will, uh, along with me as well. So those those are some ways that to connect with me. Well, I don't know when you sleep with all that going on, but um, <laughs> I love what you're doing. I love the holistic approach. I love that you're putting the student athlete first and that you're calling them a student athlete, worried about academics. It's right in line with what the players NIL is doing. I hope that we can stay in touch. Here's your parting shot. What's the words of wisdom for the world out there? Tell me what Mario's learned. Well, listen, I, I would say, I, I, you know, I, I guess I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm an acronym kind of guy, right? And, and, and listen, the reality, and, and this is sort of born out of the fact that I tell kids all the time, the moment you start bouncing the ball in high school, at best, for 99% of you, your basketball career ends in eight years. From so when you start at if you 14 or 15, at best you may have eight years, right? And uh, and in some cases you might have four, right? <laughs> or maybe five, depending upon you know uh, your 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 uh, matriculation that way. But I like to call it my think big philosophy, right? Um, and 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 the first. So when I think big, I use big as an acronym, right? Uh, and I say, be diligent in reflection. I, I wish um, I'd been pushed more about reflection uh, when I was younger. And what I mean by that is you're learning so many life skills through basketball. You're learning about being a good teammate. You're learning about leadership, right? You're learning about, as I mentioned to you in my own journey, right? This idea of dedicating yourself, becoming disciplined, all of these things that are, are valued um as a professional right so i always say be diligent um about about reflecting on your journey and, and really learning more about who you are in the process the second part then is the i right that's investing in yourself and knowing and knowing your worth you know with the work that you all are doing with 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 nil right like you know when you know if you're gonna if you're gonna align yourself with a company right as opposed to just hoping that they cut you a check is there an internship opportunity? Are there ways that you can kind of really think more broadly than basketball in leveraging your name, image, and likeness, if you will? So really invest in yourself and understanding your worth. And then the final thing is give back and pay forward, right? Um, uh, you know, I, I have this map behind me, 
and because when my when my son was in high school, I used to I used to like to point out and say, "This is you, and this is the entire world, right? That it's not just about you; it's much bigger than you." Um, and there are a lot of people, you know, obviously, hopefully, that starts with your family or someone that's related to you that's really making these broad investments in, investments into you. And then there becomes your village, like what we're doing with Mid Atlantic Select, or what I do when I'm training my my young people one on one. Like there's a lot of people that are investing. You're representing all of us, and so it behooves you that when you're in a position to help someone else, uh, that you do that. That's what I tell all my players all the time. When they say, "Oh, when I get here, I'm going to do this for you," don't do anything for me. Just help somebody else, and then you've done your then you've done your due diligence. So be diligent about uh, be diligent about reflection. Invest in yourself and uh, definitely give back and pay forward would be what I leave you with. Awesome. Well, I got goosebumps, man. You're you're a leader. You're a true inspiration. Uh, you're using athletics to better the lives of people around you. The people in your program, I hope they appreciate all that you've given them and all that you do. And I look forward to following your progress and staying in contact. So you've been a wonderful guest, Mario. Thank you very much for being my guest today. I really appreciate you and all that you all are doing as well. Thank you.